Welcome back to Two Crows Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Holmes. I have been seriously battling my microphone today. I think I got rid of the extra noise going on, but in case I did not, I apologize, and I worked about an hour trying to get rid of whatever noise was going on in the background. Did not figure out what it is, but it seems to be gone, or gone-ish. But we will try to work through it, and today we have more cryptids. Let's just give another round of applause for our guest we had last week. Jeremy, Undead Papa, that was a epic story. But today, we are going all the way up north to Alaska. First on our agenda, we have the Kalupalik. And I watched multiple videos to make sure I said that word correctly. The Kalupalik are creatures that live along Arctic shorelines near ice flows. They are said to steal children that wander too close to the water. This myth is believed to serve the purpose of protecting children from a dangerous environment, keeping them from wandering too close to the ice. But I don't know, there's a lot unknown about the waters up there. Many sightings have been found long before my time. The sound is back and we're just going to have to go with it because I'm driving myself insane. The accounts and appearance of these creatures differ across tales, but there are some commonalities. They are often described as having green, slimy skin, long hair, and long fingernails. Their hands are webbed like an aquatic creature, along with scales and fins. It wears an Inuit parka, mostly worn by women. Some say that their parkas are made of elder duck feathers and are used to carry kidnapped children. It is said to have two flippers. One is able to emit a shrill sound that paralyzes its victims. They have the ability to alter their appearance through a technique known as similar to a skinwalker. While some interpretations include the pronoun he, they are predominantly described in feminine manners. It is said that they use the abducted children to maintain her long flowing hair. She also has long fingernails and wears the parka of a woman. The myth says that they lurk under the water in the arctic regions of the world living along the coast. They hunt along the ice flows, kidnapping children that wander too close. One strategy they use for hunting is to emit an ethereal hum that will draw children closer to the water so they can be pulled in. Accounts vary as to what actually happens to the taken children. Some versions say that the children are simply devoured. Others say that they are held in a stasis-like state and used to fuel the youth of the creature. They can be outsmarted by its targets. They are said to be invulnerable in their natural state, but some clever Inuit hunters found a way to bypass this. They would call out to it and ask to change its shape for them, usually into something like a seal for a whale. Then they would kill it and bring home a valuable catch. 
There are tales of children willingly being given to the creatures. One such tale is about a grandmother and her grandson. Struggling without food, the grandmother called upon the creatures to come and take him away as she was not able to feed him, and he would be better off. Once the tribe was able to successfully hunt again, a young Inuit couple took it upon themselves to retrieve the child. They were able to track him down, tethered to a piece of seaweed, by the creature so he could not escape her. However, they were not able to retrieve him because the creature would drag him back under the water. Whenever they got too close, they stealthily hid nearby all night long and cut him loose once the sun rose. This tale has different variations. Some variations have the grandmother giving the child to the creature as a punishment or becoming a great hunter after being rescued. It is said that these are the creatures that brought on the myth of the mermaid. But this is not a kind mermaid. This isn't one that wants to brush her hair with a fork or fall in love with a prince. It's one that's after your children. So please, if you are up in that area, be safe and keep your children away from the shoreline. Next on our list, we have the Tornit. They're a race of wild men in Inuit mythology. According to the Anchorage Daily, stories of the Alaskan Bushmen, or Tornits, have been told since the first humans crossed the Bering Land Bridge. In the beginning, the story goes, the Inuit and the Tornits lived peacefully in the villages near each other and shared common hunting grounds. The Inuit people often built and used kayaks for hunting, while the Tornits were unable to master the building of kayaks. They were very aware of the advantages of having and using one. One story goes that a young Tornit borrowed a young Inuit's kayak without permission and damaged the bottom of it. The young Inuit became very angry and stabbed the Tornit in the nape of the neck while he was sleeping, killing him. The rest of the Tornits feared that they too would be killed by the Inuit and fled to the country, rarely to be seen again. Since that time, many stories have come out of the bush of hunters disappearing, later found dead and mangled or never seen again. Apparently, hunters and tornits no longer peacefully shared common hunting grounds. According to the cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman, the white man's name are Sasquatch, invented in 1929 in Canada. The Bigfoot, First used in California in 1958, the name True Giants was coined by Mark A. Hall only a few decades ago. Most First Nations groups, Canadian Natives, American Natives, and Inuits, have their own names. Inuit people have been known to call these creatures Tornit. It is thought that these creatures may be a species of American primates. According to a article in CBC, a Sasquatch sighting has tongues wagging in the Yukon village of Teslin. Two people say they saw a fabled bushman, also known as Bigfoot, cross the highway at the construction zone near the Teslin airport. 
Marion Sheldon and Gus Jules were driving down the side of the highway on an all-terrain vehicle on Saturday evening. They reported the sighting to conservation officer Dave Bakika. They claim they thought it was a person standing beside the road, but couldn't tell from all the dust. By the time they turned around to look back, they said the person was completely covered in hair and took just two strides to get across the whole Alaska highway. He said the pair told him that by the time they got back to the location, the person or animal or thing had disappeared into the bush. Teslin is 160 kilometers south of Whitehorse. The conservation officer said he searched the area for tracks, but they may have been wiped out by Saturday evening's rains. Both witnesses appeared very shaken by the sighting. Sheldon and Jules say they don't want to talk about the experience until they have consulted with local Teslin Lingit elders. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. I am so sorry. For thousands of years, sightings of the elusive bipedal ape man have been reported throughout North America's Pacific Northwest and as far away as China. The creature has long featured in First Nation oral traditions. Bigfoot believers, a small group of dedicated scientists among them, say the primate is likely the offspring of an ape from Asia that wandered to North America during the Ice Age. Some believe there are at least 2,000 ape people walking upright in North America's woods today. An adult male is estimated to stand at least 2.4 meters or 8 feet tall and weigh 360 kilograms or 800 pounds. The hairy creatures are described as shy and nocturnal. The Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization website reports a sighting in south-central British Columbia near Kamloops on May 17th. A resident said that while driving he saw what he believed to be a father and son Sasquatch near the side of the road getting a drink of water. Now, Sasquatch is one that I typically tend to lean towards something existing because of how many sightings there actually are. And I don't think all of them are hoaxes. I do think some of them are, but I don't think all of them are. There are some really logical and sound-minded people that I know personally who believe that they saw a Sasquatch, and usually in the Pacific Northwest. Now, thinking that there's no way that we could possibly have not found a body or something to specifically prove that it exists is what has my mind a little bit off on the subject and the fact that no one has hunted one down. As wrong as I think that would be to hunt them down, I know humans, and that's what we do. That's the only reason my mind kind of wanders towards it possibly being false, but there's so many sightings, and it'd be incredible to me that something wasn't out there. Third on our list is the Adlet. The Adlet are a race of creatures in the Inuit mythology of Greenland. 
as well as the Labrador and Hudson Bay coasts. While the word refers to inland Native American tribes, it also denotes a humanoid dog-legged tribe. The lower part of the body of the canine adlet is like that of a dog, and their upper part is like a man. All adlet run quickly, and their encounters with men usually end with man as the victor. In Inuit lore, they are often portrayed as in conflict with humans and are supposed to be taller than Inuit and white people. In some stories, they are cannibals. The monstrous race begotten by the Adlet was identified with inland Native Americans by the Labrador and Hudson Bay tribes, Inuit from Greenland and Baffin land, which had no Native American neighbors, use the term to refer to the half-human, half-canine creatures as well. So what they're saying is the land that connected to where the Inuit people are now, where there was that land bridge, also have the same mythology in that portion of the land as well. So it seems the canine-type people came over at the same time or in the same route as the Inuit people from like the Asian area over to Canada and Alaska. Now we're going to bring it back to the previous creature that we discussed because there are some stories of the two together. There was an author back in the 1800s by the name of Smith Sound Eskimo. Um, He's an Inuit from Smith Sound, and he wrote in 1897 to 1898 several stories involving both. The bush people would actually come in contact with the dog people and be able to escape them after being captured by them. They also have another book out called The Origin of the Narwhal that also contains acts by the murderous adlets. The consensus for all the stories is that the adlets are evil and they are out to get humans. They are murderous cannibalists and they like to capture and eat whoever they come in contact with. And it was a story that the Inuits also told white men and to kind of keep them away from the bushland as well. Now, one of these origin stories for the Adlet uh, is a little bit interesting and uh, not my favorite. The Inuit of Point Barrow, Alaska, tell of a dog named Asalu, who was tied to a stick. He set himself free by biting through the stick, then went inside where he had intercourse with a woman She consequently gave birth to men and dogs. Now, aside from the fact that science says this is not possible, I think we can move along to another uh, mythical creature now. (laughs) Next up, we have the Tizaruk. Now, I'm bringing this one from the website for the national parks of the fjord where we see this creature. A pristine, awe-inspiring trip to a scenic wonder that is Kenai Fjords National Park might turn into more excitement than one bargained for if the mighty Tizaruk 
should appear. This is a mysterious creature said to inhabit the waters of the Bering Sea. Though the creature prefers to frequent bays, inlets, and fjords, and yes, legend has it the fjord of Kenai, Fjord National Park, are a particular favorite of the creature. Stories of this creature stem from the ancient legends passed down by the Inuit people. The tribe's elders telling tales of its stalking Inuit hunting parties. According to the stories, it is particularly sneaky and will only attack humans if it can find one alone. Hmm, sounds like another tale to keep people away from putting themselves into the dangers of the cold water. Though the creature in some ways resembles a seal, it seldom leaves the water as it is most agile in the sea and is vulnerable to land. There are so many cultures that have tales of sea monsters, particularly of the serpent variety, that it would almost be a shock to learn that the Inuit culture didn't possess one. It is only natural to fear what we do not know, and the list of phobias that have spawned from not knowing is fairly long. Fear of the dark is a prevalent phobia for many people, which is why it's such a commonplace tool for creatures of horror movies and scary tales. Another common phobia is the fear of the unknown in the depths of the sea. The common theme here is that many fear what they cannot see what they do not know, and this creature embodies all of those fears. When a reporter went to talk to the people that live near the sightings, they told them that many of their hunters had been harmed or killed by this creature. They told them not to go looking for it because it would sure to be their doom. I don't know about you, but I fear the creatures of the deep. I'm fine with being in a boat, in a vessel, but diving underneath that water into the deep just sounds horrible to me. Camera is great, I would love to see the creatures, but I don't really want to get eaten by one. But when they had asked the people about the creature, the islanders claimed that only the head and neck and occasionally the tail of the creature have been observed. Its general form is therefore unknown, although it can allegedly rise out of the water to a height of seven or eight feet, two to two and a half meters. Its head is snake-like and its tail is flippered. It has usually reported to be from the bays or the fjords, less commonly found in the open ocean. The islanders fear the animal, but claim to be able to attract them by tapping on the inside of their boats. They tend to describe it as a giant caterpillar or worm-like animal with the head of a seal. Others described it as being furry, with the backside being scaled. Whatever it is, it can have the water. Next we have the keelet. The keelet is described as an evil earth spirit that takes the form of a black hairless dog with only hair on its feet. It's much like the black dog of Great Britain, which we'll get into that one, I guess. I'm putting that on the list. Following travelers at night, attacking and then killing them. 
If a trail of dog tracks is found that suddenly disappear, it is believed that the keelet is nearby. Now Alaska is filled with all kinds of canines, wolves, foxes, coyotes, sled dogs, and your typical other domestic dogs. With all the canine activity, I'm not sure how you could confirm big, bad keelet that was tracking you unless he came up and bit you on the rump with a wicked laugh. But according to Denali National Park, located deep in the Alaskan interior, Denali National Park is a stunning wilderness with the great peak of Mount Denali as its focal point. While much of the park has been explored by park rangers and visitors alike, there is a darker, more mysterious element to the park, a mythical creature from indigenous Inuit legend that is said to haunt the more wild and unexplored areas of Denali. This is the Keelet creature, a beast spoken of by various Inuit tribes ranging all the way from Alaska to Baffin Island in Canada. The Keelet, also known as the Kikarin, is a monster that resembles a huge hairless dog, According to the Inuit stories about the creature, the Keelet can access the spirit world and the physical world combined. In addition to being endowed with magic and a fierce physical form, Inuit tribespeople say that the creature preys on lonely travelers and unfortunate souls who wander off the beaten path. I don't know about you, but if I was up north where it's freezing cold, I would want fur. That seems weird that he's a hairless dog, but maybe he's a little more rough than I am. Some say this creature was what brought on the stories of the werewolves or the lichen. Others say it's a little more sinister, and it's actually a hellhound. Do you think there's any truth to these legends? Which cryptids would you like to hear about next? Let me know. I will leave my contact information below and we can research them together. If you have a story you want to tell and think it would be great on the podcast, feel free to email me. Thank you to my amazing patrons. Thank you for your donations. I've gotten some individual donations from Alan as well as John. And I thank you both so much. You make this happen. You make this possible for me to be able to share my voice and have what I love out there. I appreciate you. And as always, like this if you liked it. Share it if you think it's worth sharing. And support the podcast if you are able to do so. I appreciate you. Every like, every share, every listen, every watch on YouTube helps me and helps get it out there. We have hit over 3,000 listens and that is huge and I have all of you to thank for that. So, per usual, crow out. <laughs>